You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session five. I think so many of you are going to love this session because we dive into so many of the things that I think a lot of women struggle with in online business, like caretaking others, being concerned about how they're showing up and if they should have makeup on all the time and if they have to be a certain way and what they need to hide. And gosh, this episode, I think, is just really going to shed some light on the fact that you don't need to hide and you don't need to worry about all of these things because they are not the things that ultimately create success. But I believe seeing Rachel move through them and us coach around them will help you greatly. So I'm really excited and let's dive into session five. All right, happy day late birthday. Thank you. How was (laughs) it? It was a good birthday. It's funny because my birthday and Mother's Day always fall around the same time. And I tell my husband, I'm like, they're two separate holidays. (laughs) We can't lump them into one. (laughs) So it was a good weekend. I didn't do any work this weekend. Um, I took a bath. It was awesome. And then yesterday was pretty low key, but we had Mexican food and cake. And so it was really good. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. You kind of have to just like enjoy the little, little things during quarantine birthdays, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. And I saw my mom over the weekend, just from like six feet away, we were all wearing masks for like five minutes to drop off flowers and a card to her. And it's all so weird because things are slowly reopening here in Georgia, but trying to be really cautious and I don't know. It's just hard because we really miss family a lot and everybody's local. So we're used to seeing everyone all the time. And then now we we just don't. (laughs) We see each other over Zoom. Right. Totally. So yeah, it was nice to get to see her from afar also over the weekend. Oh, that's beautiful. I I did that with my mom too. Like I went over there and I had a mask on and we sat outside, but it was like so worth it just to be mm-hmm. able to like have that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny, you know, I feel I feel a little more disconnected from my parents just because they're not super tech savvy. Yeah. And so, but then my friends, like, I feel like I see and hear from them way more than I ever did before coronavirus <laughs> happened. Because <laughs> we have like a weekly call now where we all check in oh, with I each love other. That. So so yeah, it's a lot of fun. I I miss them all too in person, but it's good to see see friends once a week. So so good. So what else is going on? Give me an update. I know you were saying kind of some of the being seen stuff. I know the job mm-hmm. stuff. Just give me a little rundown. Yeah. So I did not get the job, and it was it was really interesting because I got I think right after maybe an hour after we talked last week, I got the email and. I read it and I don't know, it was like, I was, I was sad about it, but there was also this really big sense of relief, which I thought was really interesting. And that the more, is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the more I thought about it, I think there were a couple of things. One was working for somebody again. It's a big shift um, to go from being your own boss to, to, you know, answering to someone. And then also, I think, you know, we had such a great conversation last week. And I think I really was almost holding myself back with this job. Like, I think I was using it as an excuse not to go all in, really, mm-hmm. with Blissful Budget. And sort of like, I think I was worried about, well, if I get this job, I'm going to need to stay in it for a certain amount of time. And mm-hmm. so I won't have as much time to put towards Blissful Budget. And so when it was taken off the table, it was almost really freeing. Like, like it just helped me really decide like okay i'm doing this this is for real and i'm all in and and i'm excited about it too there was like a sense of excitement so i'm really glad i went through the the process of applying and doing that and i think it was really good just to get clear on 
on what I want because I don't know that I want to go work for somebody else. I, I mean, I know I don't want to go work for somebody right, else. Right, so, right. so it was it was really it ended up being really positive. So that was cool. Something that comes up for me and, you know, I mean, it's it's almost what you're saying, but it's just a little bit of a spin on it is that like. I think what happened is last week in that conversation, you did decide maybe more than you ever have. And mm-hmm. then that situation changes and works itself out in a certain way. It's like, oh, well, if she's decided she can't take this job. Right, right. You know, like the universe backs you with that decision. So I think it's kind of like, not only does that affirm your decision more, but it's almost like I think you're thinking about it like after I didn't get it, I decided. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more like, no, you had started that process. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just want to point out how interesting it was that Rachel felt that much relief over not getting the job she thought she wanted. And I think this happens to us so often is that we like fully decide we want something and then all the things we thought were going to get us there kind of start to fall away. And I really believe that that is so for us and is one of those things I just see happen with so many clients where as soon as they get locked in and decide all of the ways in which they thought that was going to come to them kind of fall away because now they're more decided than ever. And I think they're forging that more clear path forward. So her feeling that amount of relief, I think is just a sign of that. And I feel like it's really beautiful to be able to note for ourselves that we get what we really truly want. And so often that noticing of like, oh, I thought I wanted this, but the amount of relief I'm feeling is really interesting here. Is that evidence, right? Is that evidence that we're on the right track, that we get what we really want, that we get what we decide on? And so if you've had a similar experience where you feel really committed to the end outcome, where you get really, really indecision about it, and then a bunch of things change that you thought were going to get you there, that doesn't mean your path is diverging. That is probably the exact path. If you feel relief when you don't get the client or the thing, that's telling you something. Pay attention to those moments and those things that feel like deviations because they're almost always the most important things leading you to where you want to be. So I just loved hearing that from her. And I think it's so cool for you guys to be able to witness that and look at that in your own business and where that's showing up for you as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like that call is really eye-opening and and really changed things for me and and solidified things for me. And so, yeah, it was sort of like everything shifted. And then the other cool thing that happened was I had somebody email me uh, wanting to set up a discovery call like out of the blue. So So (laughs) it's like another another thing that just kind of validated it because I really haven't done any pushing of calls or anything the past week or so. And so to have that just like also come in was really cool. That is so validating, right? When you're mm-hmm. like, I didn't do anything different. In fact, I maybe did less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that shows up. Like I think it, you know, it's those little breadcrumbs I think that really show you like, oh, the mindset really is the thing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more you see those, the more you're like, oh, dang, okay. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> yeah. probably a thing, right? Okay, you guys, I love that Rachel got just an out of the blue discovery call because things like this are normal when you're really doing the mindset work, right? And not assuming that it just has to, has to, has to be about action. It's like what we talked about last week where how I was saying like mindset over posts and how that seems totally counterintuitive, but it makes a difference. Like there you go. That that was that result in action, right? Doing that work and seeing that come together and then seeing someone just completely randomly show up is the stuff that happens when you're really focused and intentional with the mindset work, right? And again, I'm not saying that you don't ever have to take action, but I'm saying that when we make it all about the action, we can really, really, really screw ourselves. And when we make it all about the mindset and then just naturally to the action that flows off that, things get so much easier, right? And so seeing this discovery call come up is just total evidence of that and just really, really want to point that out so you guys can see that evidence in action. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's funny because I've noticed like, at times since starting this business, there have been those those things and those opportunities that just come in that are sort of like, okay, you're 
moving in the right direction and you've yeah. asked for this and here it is. And <laughs> so it was neat to, That's to get amazing. that amazing. So did you set that up? Yeah. And that'll be next week. I think next Tuesday. Okay. Perfect. So, yeah. So good. All right. So tell me a little bit about, um, I know you were kind of mentioning that you were feeling quite a bit of resistance to stories and to just like kind of getting back out there, being mm-hmm. seen, like, give me a little rundown on that. I mean, I know we know kind of the, the some of the being right. seen part, but tell me like a little bit more how that was feeling. Yeah, I've just, I've really noticed. Yeah, I put in my calendar, not just blocking off the first hour of the day, but also specifically time to do stories and time to do mm-hmm. mindset work. And I've been doing more mindset work and like that, it's not easy, but it's, it's more <laughs> enjoyable, I guess, totally. <laughs> for me to yeah, do. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool mindset work. I like doing that. And then, but then when it comes time for stories, I just find myself like, huh, I don't know what I'm Mm going to say today. And I've got all these other deadlines. I should just start working on them. And so I, I end up totally just ignoring it and backing away. And it's been like this too. I've, I've really had the intention of going live in my Facebook group once a week. And I did it. Oh gosh. When I first started the group and, and things were were old normal where, you know, we could all go out and I had daycare support and all that. So, like, I, <laughs> right. I, I sort of – I was really good at it then. And, I mean, that was also when I was doing stories more. And so I think since – I mean, even before coronavirus hit, when I decided to jump back into PR and just got busy again, that was, like, the first thing to go was the lives and the stories. And so getting back into it now – I don't know. I just, I really feel like it's almost like there's just, just a wall there. Of like, I want to do it and I know it'll be good for me because I've seen results whenever I've done stories or live streams, but I don't know. It just feels hard. It just feels harder to, to do that. And, and it, I don't even think it's a not having content thing because I'm writing content every week that I can easily repurpose into stories. I think it's just this – it goes back to just that feeling of like I'm the face of this business and I've got to put myself out there and I don't know. <laughs> that was yeah, just word totally. vomit. but <laughs> No, that's super helpful. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think that's something that's really helpful um, to see there is that like – you're kind of doing the right steps in the sense that like you blocked off the time, you made the space for it, you decided you want to do it, all of that like kind of like strategy level stuff. And then when all of that's in place and then you still aren't doing it, you're able to go, oh, there's something here I'm in resistance. Mm-hmm. When we're kind of not doing a lot of that, then we can be like, well, I just didn't have the time or I just didn't whatever, but you were able to see this week. Like, no, I actually did have the time. Yeah. No, I actually like did have the intention to do it. Like, no, I actually did know the strategy behind it and it still felt hard. So I think it's just like really smart to be able to like note those moments because like that's where we change, right? When we set up the mm-hmm. environment to like make it as simple as possible and then we notice everything that's in the way of us doing that. You know what I mean? Okay, so you guys know I've been talking a lot about the idea that you get clear on the strategy, you time block, and then you notice what comes up mindset-wise, and that's exactly what happened here with Rachel, right? It was so easy to kind of have her brain say to her, like, well, it's just because you don't have time to do stories or lives or whatever that is, right? And now she can see exactly that that's not true. Like, she created the strategy. She got really clear on the time block for it. And her resistance really popped up there. So it's how she's able to know, okay, this is the mindset work I have to do instead of continuing to make it about like, well, if I just had a little bit more time or it's just not about, you know, if I was just a little bit more clear on the strategy, whatever, whatever, it would be so different, right? But here, since she set up such specific containers, now she knows exactly what's going on with her mindset wise, that there's a ton of resistance about getting back on stories. And we can actually dive into that now and solve it. So do the same in your own own business, get really clear on the strategy, time block, and then notice what comes up and dive into that resistance because this is how we move forward the fastest. And I'm not saying it's the easiest, but it's definitely the fastest because we remove all the obstacles and then we look at what the real obstacle is in our brains. And for Rachel, she's just noticing there's a ton of resistance to being seen and to getting out there again. And that makes our work so much easier. 
because now we're gonna actually get to solve the real problem here. And when you solve the right problem, guess what? You get the result. So really exciting to see us being able to dive into that and to see that play out. So make sure to look at that for your own business as well. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a specific story that kind of comes up for you in that? Is it like, you know, I, I don't know what to say or like, I don't know if people will like it or is there like any kind of like pervasive feeling or sentence or story that tends to pop up when you think about it? Yeah, and it feels really silly to say it out loud, <laughs> but I will. Okay. It's just like, I think some of it goes into comparison and like having to look perfect. And I think that's a, a lot of it. I feel like, okay, well, I need to go put on makeup and make sure I'm in the right background. And and realistically right now with how things are, like I'm lucky if I get dressed in the morning and shower once a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? totally. So I think that there's a big block there of like, well, everybody else looks so great in their videos and I'm here with no makeup on and, and messy hair. <laughs> so that's that's part of it, definitely, which feels so superficial, but it really is. It's a block for me, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, listen, I think that that's really helpful for you to be able to just say out loud because number mm-hmm. one, that's how you heal it. But number two, like also everyone relates to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. like, that's a hundred percent a thing. I think what's, what comes up for me there and what's maybe like a worthwhile conversation, which like deviates from the mindset a little bit, but it's almost like, do you feel clear on like who you want to be in your brand? No. Right? Because like (laughs) that could be helpful, right? If you're like who I want to be in my brand is someone who like does show up on stories without makeup or someone that doesn't or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. it's almost like who? how can I like infuse myself into my brand and be that? So like for me, like I always have makeup on. Mm-hmm. But like I always have before I ever had this business, I always do even on the weekend. Like it's just a, my thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like that makes sense in like a um, congruence kind of way to show up, right? Mm-hmm. Or like if that's not you and then you feel like you have to be someone different to show up, it's going to yeah. feel like tension all the time. Like if someone said to me like you have to show up on stories without makeup on, that would create a lot of tension for me. Not because of like being without the makeup, but because of like that wouldn't feel like who I am. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And and it's interesting because like when I was teaching uh, yoga once a week, I wouldn't necessarily put on makeup, but I would like be in nice – athleisure, you know, <laughs> clothes mm-hmm. and yeah. have at least done my hair, maybe throw on some mascara and then ear like fun earrings are my thing. And so, you know, I feel like, yeah, I, and especially just knowing branding and having that background, it has been a little bit of a struggle of like, and I think it goes back to that authentic voice. It's sort of like, what's my authentic image? Because yeah. I feel like there's this outside pressure of like, well, you have to look a certain way. But that's that's how I look most days is I'm in yoga pants and and earrings. You know? <laughs> so, totally. And here's yeah. something that's really funny but is really helpful and true is like you want to be very careful what image you put out because your clients will expect you to have that. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, like I'm teasing a little bit, right? But if you put out an image online where you're like always done up and always perfect and always whatever, like people are going to have an expectation that you're going to show up to calls like that, not because they expect you to be perfect, but because that's what they're seeing. And if there's incongruence there, it's kind of weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even in my um, photography, like I have – I've done two sort of branding shoots, and I feel like those are pretty – pretty true to what I look like every day. But it's been, oh gosh, probably almost a year since I last had photos taken and those photos are getting kind of tired. So I'm trying to do more like selfies and stuff like that, but I want, you know, I want it all to feel consistent there too. And and so I want to be sure that I'm showing up as me because yeah, when I get on a Zoom call, I may not, you know, if I if I set the expectation of like I'm gonna look completely done up all the time, that's just not real for me. <laughs> totally, and like you, you know, you want the clients that like you for that, mm-hmm. and not like like you for something else, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. 
So I feel like that's just a really helpful thing there is to just kind of keep thinking about like, okay, like, so if my brand is like athleisure and earrings, can I just like live into Mm -hmm. that every day? Like, does that feel comfortable? Like, can I get on with earrings, no makeup and athleisure? Like what comes up for you there? No, that feels, that feels doable. Um, Definitely. And dry shampoo. (laughs) But, But yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that feels realistic and it's. Yeah, it feels good. I think it's it's just having the permission almost <laughs> to do yeah, it. Yeah, you know? totally. And uh, quite honestly, I think people will prefer that so much more. Like when I think of your brand, like I'm thinking of like your your win as in your accessibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Like it's in being the person that, you know, doesn't have all of this formal – you know, financial thought processes that doesn't, like, have to be, like, dressed to the nines. That de- Like, that's just, like, I'm a normal human like you and I can help you understand money. Okay, so really wanting to touch on how important congruence is in your business. There is nothing more important than this, and this is where we get so confused. We look at how someone else is showing up and we think, well, they're getting results because they're showing up that way, and that is never what's happening. If we look at someone else and seeing them get really big results and people are really attracted to them and it's really easy for them to show up, 9.9 times out of 10, it's because it's really congruent with who they are. So it's really easy to show up. It's really simple. It's really attractive when they do because it's who they are. It's who they're already being. When you can make that connection, everything gets easier. So like I was using the example of, you know, for me, it's super congruent to always show up, like having my hair and makeup done, but that's also really congruent to how I've always been into my life. If I had to try to not be that, I guarantee my energy and attraction factor would be totally different. And so would my resistance. It would be way higher. Just like someone else who's the total opposite where they've never done that their whole lives and they would never do that in their personal life. And then they feel like they have to show up as that. Of course, they're going to have resistance to that. Of course, that feels terrible, right? And so it's not about do you show up with makeup or not? It's like, do you show up congruently? Because that's when everything gets easy. And that's when you bring that attraction energy that pulls people into you. So we have to be really careful not to make it about all these details and specifics. Like, do I have to dress up or do I have to look a certain way or do I have to say it a certain way? And we have to get really clear on making it about, well, what's most congruent for me? What's most easy for me? What brings up the least resistance in me? Right? And so like Rachel is saying, like her thing is like big earrings and athleisure. Great. Do that all day long. That's going to be so much easier for you to show up on stories with. Or like if I, I mean, I like athleisure, so I guess this is a bad example, but like, you know, if I was like, well, I have to have these big, beautiful pair of earrings every day to show up, like I would feel stressed about that. And then I would have to research where I could get them and could find them. And like, what's even my style there? Cause I don't wear them. So I don't know. Like, do you see what I mean? Right. It's like, but it's not about that. You know, it's not really about any of that. And so if you're finding it really difficult to show up nine times out of 10, it's probably because you're feeling like you have to show up not as you. You have to show up being someone else or some other way. And you're just totally missing the point there. So I really want you guys to check in with yourselves on this. Like what's congruent for you? Are you showing up with that? And if you're not, guess what? There's a huge opportunity to make things a ton easier on yourself here. So really sit down with this and journal on it and see what's true for you here. Yeah. Yeah. That's really true. And, and that's, you know, a lot of the feedback that I get too from people that I work with is, it's like, oh, you're so easy to talk to and I don't feel judged. And, and I think some of that too just goes into how, how I show up and how I look, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not setting this unrealistic expectation, you know, a hundred percent. And like, I think then you almost like feel like there's more enjoyment in playing that Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Right? Like it's like, oh, okay, like let me actually like lean into this. Let me actually have fun with this versus like, oh man, I suck because (laughs) I'm like showing up without makeup or whatever that is, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that reframe (laughs) a lot because I think I think I was sort of beating myself up of like, oh, you know, I should put on makeup and I should, you know go do my hair and all this stuff that that I just don't 
do. I mean, I brush my hair and throw in some dry shampoo and it looks good. <laughs> but totally. Yes, exactly. Like, like live yeah, that up, yeah, right? Definitely. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, part of it too is then can I let myself be seen as me? So it's kind of like, okay, more permission to be me. And then the second question comes into like, do I feel like it's safe to be seen as me? What's mm-hmm. coming up around that? Oh, I mean, I feel like it's safe. I know, I mean, anytime you put yourself out there publicly, like, there's gonna be people who don't like what you're saying or who want to say something about how you look or, or whatever. I haven't gotten any of that yet. But then I also like, well, I'll know I've made it when I get a hater, <laughs> right? <laughs> so... So, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of fear. And I think some of that just comes from my PR background and being being like risk averse to saying the wrong thing because I've spent so much mm-hmm. of my career like having to wordsmith stuff and being really careful about what clients say. And so now I'm trying to break out of that a little bit too of like, you know, not not needing to be perfect, not needing the message to be 100% perfect and just just showing up. Because I think that's something else that sort of holds me back is, is like, what if I say something somebody disagrees with or that offends somebody by accident? And oh, God. But I mean, I don't think I'm really talking about anything that offensive. <laughs> so it's just money. But but that can bring up a lot of feelings for people too. So yeah, so we had kind of talked last week a little bit about the, or yeah, last week about the piece of kind of, you know, how you felt growing mm-hmm. up and how you kind of were the peacemaker. Do you think that's what's coming up here a little? Like I know you um, kind of dove into some of that mindset in journaling. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think think that's a big piece of it. And I see it showing up so much. Um, I think more since we talked last <laughs> of, you know, how how I – I try to keep everybody so comfortable in my life and like, but when in work like this, you have to be pushed outside of your comfort zone and have to be, you know, not my clients and myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think it's that tendency to, to want to be, keep the peace. um, Plus all that, all that background in, in my career of like, don't say the wrong thing. Uh, that's really sort of in my the little voice in my head when I'm when I'm resisting going on stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And for you, like when you think of saying the wrong thing, like I, I get curious. Like, is it the idea of like having a hater? Because I don't. It seems like you're not so worried about that, but I wonder if it's the idea of like hurting, upsetting, yeah. offending. Like, it's almost like you're more worried about taking care of the other people on on the other side yeah. of it. I don't know. Does that Yeah, make sense? that does make sense and I think that is a part of it. Um I remember I did a podcast a few maybe last summer. Um and I I made a comment in the podcast, <laughs> excuse me, and I don't even remember what I said, but it was one of those things after the fact that I just kept thinking about of like how people could take that comment and and take it out of context or like turn it into something I, I didn't mean. And, and so I spent like a couple weeks really worrying about it (laughs) and feeling Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, people, I'm going to upset people by what I said. And then the podcast aired and and nobody even said anything or or cared or noticed. (laughs) (laughs) And I got really good feedback on the podcast. So, so yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it. It's like, I never want to, I never want to hurt somebody you know, I always want to be kind, even when I am pushing a client, you know, outside their comfort zone. So I think that is sort of a, a fear I have and something that that holds me back to. Well, here's what's like really interesting about that. And I think it's helpful because I feel like so we can kind of really get very deep into the story of like, oh, I'm scared of what people think mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I I think that can really set up like the wrong 
process in our brains in the in the sense of like I always want to be about solving the right mm-hmm. problem and I think that it would be easy to be like oh I just like really care what people think and it's l- so good to notice like what I really care about is how I'm making other people mm-hmm. feel and I think a lot of women resonate with that where they become such caretakers that they're trying to caretake their whole audience are trying to caretake everyone that mm-hmm. listens to this podcast. They're trying to caretake every single person that reads their content. Um, and it becomes like this heavy weight. And so that's almost what I'm thinking is coming up for you in the idea of going on stories. It's like the weight of taking care. I'm like mm-hmm. using hand quotations, mm-hmm. right? Taking care of every single person that listens to this mm-hmm. is – almost like too big of a burden to bear sometimes. I don't know if that feels true, but what comes up for you? Yeah, that definitely feels true. And I I think that's been true just generally in my life too. But but especially when thinking about like putting myself out there in a more public forum. Yeah, I feel like also start you know, as I've I've been in kind of healing modalities and a yoga teacher I've been in this position of like, okay, I have to take care of my students. And so, yeah, yeah. I think it, it's definitely, I mean, it it resonates a lot. Did you feel a lot of pressure before like a class? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're like, oh, duh. Yeah. Well, and even there, like you, some teachers will do hands-on adjustments and I've been trained in how to do them, but I won't do them because I'm so scared of injuring somebody that I just won't do it. <laughs> so it's interesting um, to think about it through that lens of like where this is showing up uh, in life and in business too. Yeah. Tell me tell me about the life stuff a little bit more. Do you notice yourself kind of always being the caretaker in life? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think since I was a kid, I sort of was in that role and as a young adult and an adult, my mom has had some surgeries and gotten sick. And so I was usually the one taking care mm-hmm. of her. And then, you know, I find myself doing it with mostly with family. Um, but I mean, also friends, too. I think there have been situations in life where I've had conflicts with friends and I tend to just sweep my feelings under the rug because I want to keep the peace and I mean, luckily that hasn't happened (laughs) in a long time, but like, yeah, I, it's definitely been something sort of this, uh, theme through my life is, is being a caretaker. And I'm sure my therapist and I have talked about it a lot, (laughs) 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 but, but yeah, it's, it's been this role that I've been in. And then as a mother, I mean, you have to be a caretaker and totally, but I think, I think having a daughter has been really eye-opening and have, I mean, having a child in general has been eye-opening because you really see that you have to take care of yourself too. Like I've had to learn that I need to take care of me or else I'm not going to have anything to give anybody else. Cause if I'm worrying about everyone else all the time, that's really draining. Yeah. So it's almost like in life, you've kind of been like forced, yeah. <laughs> forced into taking care of yourself a little bit more, yeah. but it's like coming back around in business here yeah. a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. So two things that I think are really helpful here. One thing I think is to notice like when you're, you're having that feeling of like, do I have to show up a certain way? What will people think? That kind of thing. If you can just keep going, that's because I want to caretake them. Mm-hmm. It gets a little bit easier because I feel like that discharges some of the intensity because it's more like a desire you have. It's not like a thing that is scary, yeah. right? It's not like, oh, but it's scary that they'll be mad at me or whatever. Like, it's like, no, like, I just have a desire to take care of people. Can I notice mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's a lot different and a lot more empowering. Does that feel true? Yeah, it does because it's something I can control versus something that might happen to me. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. And then the second thing is, like, we got to, like, dismantle mm-hmm. some of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're, like, you can't be responsible for mm-hmm. caretaking your whole audience because, again, the the weight of that makes it really, really hard to mm-hmm. show up. So I think that my question for you is kind of, like, what's the, what's the opposition of that that you wish were true? Gosh. Well, I mean, I wish it was easier. <laughs> I wish I didn't care as much, <laughs> but not really mm-hmm. that. Not that I didn't care as much, but – more that I that I was able to kind of let go of, 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 I don't know, controlling, you know, the 
not consequences of what I say, mm-hmm. but like, you know, controlling the feedback. Cause on it, I don't have any control over the feedback I get. And, and feedback is, is actually a good thing. Cause I want to know how my message is resonating with my audience. So, I mean, I just, I want it to feel easier. <laughs> That's the big thing, you know, and I think, I think once I get in the habit of doing it, it'll get easier over time because that's what I felt the first time when I was doing stories consistently and, and did it over and over again and actually started seeing results from it. It didn't feel as hard, but I think taking a big break from it has kind of made it made it feel impossible again. For sure. I think like two things that come up for me are like just in terms of like what are we trying to actually decide on and create here is like I'm not responsible for controlling others' responses. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to share because I trust people to take what they yeah. need. Yeah. Right? And it's so, so minor in a sense to be like, oh, I trust people to take what they need. But if you can like really lean into that feeling a lot mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Right? Where it's like me and them. Like I trust myself to show up. I trust them to take what they need. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm then it gets to be kind of like an even exchange, right? Yeah, it really does. And it's it's interesting because I've even said that before, I think in live streams and when I've led classes and stuff, it, you know, take what resonates with you, take what works for you and leave the rest. Mm-hmm. And so totally. I think that's just powerful to come back to for me as I'm as I'm about to go live or do a story is – it's just trusting them to do that because <laughs> I don't think I really ha- – I've said it, but I don't know that I really trusted them to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing that's interesting, right, is like the thing that makes you a great coach is also the thing that's going to make it hard to fully show up and put everything mm-hmm. out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like why you're a great coach is because you want to show up. You care super deeply. You want to shepherd someone through the process, all of that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's also what makes it really hard to show up in front of a thousand people on Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. right? Because you care really deeply. You want to shepherd someone through the pro- – like, you know, you can see how those two are almost conflicting. And I feel like a lot of like women that are super – empathic, care really deeply, care very much about their people kind of hit that Mm -hmm. wall where it's like the caring becomes so intense that it becomes like a weight and a burden, not, you know, a driver or motivator. definitely. So the way to kind of pull that back is to kind of just keep like almost putting some more of the trust in your audience. Like you trust them to handle this. Like I trust them to take what they need. I trust them to um, be able to be a filter for what's good for them. Like, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, that's true. That That's so – I don't know. It's just so funny that I didn't even realize that I was not trusting my audience mm-hmm. so much and not – I I think I thought I was. But, you know, as, as I've noticed this resistance and as – we've talked about it more. I really, I really wasn't. I was trying to, you know, control it and caretake and and all of that. So yeah, it's just interesting to see it, like really see it. So the caretaking thing is really coming up here. And I really want to speak to that because I see so many women struggle with this where we're just so naturally used to being caretakers or, you know, we learned very young to be the caretakers and the peacekeepers. And so that can really translate and show up in our businesses in really unhealthy ways where we're trying to caretake everyone all the time. Every single person that reads our content, every single person that comes into contact with us, every single person that gets on a call on and on and on and on on right and that is just an impossibility but it also creates a really 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 intense experience in terms of 
putting out content and showing up because you're overthinking every single way it could impact anyone. And it just makes you want to freeze, quite honestly. I think, you know, in Rachel's mind, she's talking about a very charged subject and she wants to caretake everyone around it. And so it feels so weighted every time she thinks about showing up, every time she thinks about putting something out there. And so, you know, the transmutation there, the way that we shift that is to really lean into the idea that she can trust her audience to take what they need and she can trust herself to show up with congruence and integrity, but not have to feel like she has to make it right for every single person that reads it, you know? And so that's definitely going to be some of the work we're going to keep leaning into this season. But the reason I want to point that out is because, again, so many women struggle with that. And if you notice that in yourself, this is really an opportunity for you to make a shift because you're never going to be able to build the big business that impacts so, so, so many people if you feel like you have to caretake every one of those people, right? It's just going to freeze you and stop you. And so really look at this for yourself. Is this coming up for you? Is this a thing for you? And If it is, congratulations, because now you know what needs to shift to allow you to open up to attracting more clients, more money, more impact, and everything that comes with that. So here's an interesting question is like, and I would even just journal on this just because I think it would be like clarifying is like, what would I be doing different in my business if I wasn't caretaking? Mm -hmm. Like it might just be showing up, but I bet it would be a lot of other things too. Yeah. Yeah, it would. I mean, showing up is such a big part of it, but I even think, you know, I think it goes into everything from like what I charge for my services to, because I think there's Mm. a big caretaking aspect there of like, you know, the resistance on raising prices is a lot about, you know, me making the decision for them of like, well, they won't be able to afford it if I, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, and then in my content, just being a little more fearless and what I'm putting out there and even the way I show up on discovery calls I'm sure has been impacted by you know me wanting to take care of the person on the other side of the camera and so it really does sort of permeate through everything so here's a fun question is like what would I want to share with my audience that I haven't because I know I'm caretaking them? Like, what are some of the things I actually want to be saying that I know for sure I'm not? I think my own struggles around around money mm. and debt, because um, I think that's a big thing I haven't really shared. I've sort of alluded to or talked about it, but not like about even like I have a balance on my credit card right now. And so I think I'm scared. Yeah. Like, well, what if people know that? And and like, I have a plan to pay it off. And I know that I will. But it's like, oh, well, people think I'm phony because I'm not debt free. You know, <laughs> I'm carrying some debt right now. And so like, I feel like that's a big, a big thing is just just my own story and not even really struggles, but just mindset around that, that I've had to work on. And And I feel like that would be really powerful for people to share it. But I think I've been so nervous about like, well, you know, to be in this space, you have to be debt free and you have to have it all figured out. But we don't all have it figured out in life. And so, yeah. I have the biggest smile. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) You're like one of us. That's great. Uh, But like you just hit the nail on the head, right? Because that kind of takes care of all of it for you. Like you don't have to caretake them. You don't have to caretake what they think. You don't have to worry about the, you know, kind of like being found out or whatever. Like the more you can just own that and put that out there and not have to like worry about what the feelings are on the other side of that. Like that's the stuff where people transform their business, Mm -hmm. quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, you get to be the person that's talking about money that knows what it's like to be in the trenches, that knows what it's like to really deal with it. I mean, quite honestly, I feel like that's exactly what you're doing on this podcast, Mm -hmm. really, right? Is like showing like I'm like the person that's in it too and that's in it with you. And, you know, I think that that's such a gift. And there, of course, are going to be some people who come from the like perfect angle. But like, your people aren't going to hire those people. Your people think those people are full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, 
there are plenty of people that are never going to hire me that are going to hire the like, here's my perfect five-step system person or whatever. But my people think those people suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's totally true. And I don't don't really want to work with people who are seeking perfection because that's not what I'm about at all. I'm about, you know, making progress and working towards a goal. But I don't really believe that there is any such thing as perfection. And especially with money because our – our lives change so much over time and you can be debt free, but then have something happen. And no yeah. matter how prepared you are, you know, it shit happens <laughs> and, and that's okay. Something that I really love about you sharing that too, is I think it's more relevant to your audience and you even realize in the sense that like, I think why a lot of entrepreneurs don't seek more of the like financial counseling kind of stuff is because of that like only debt-free mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like some entrepreneurs are like, but I do want to self-fund my business a little bit, but I do want to feel okay putting something on a credit card if I need to. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of that world makes that wrong. And so we shy away from it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, even when I when I was first just like paying off debt in my 20s, I was – listening to one of the very popular financial guys out there. And I mean, that was totally his message was debt is bad. It's bad to have a credit card. It's bad to, you know, not pay cash for everything. And like, that's just not realistic in life. And especially as an entrepreneur, when you do want to want to invest in a coach and when you do want to invest in masterminds and you may not have the cash right away and that's okay. That doesn't mean you're any less deserving of, that investment, you know? Yes. Like that's the message, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can figure out how to make that work and you don't have to be like less deserving of an investment because of it, right? Okay. So why is it so important for Rachel to share all of this stuff and, you know, share about that credit card balance, share and kind of have that purge week. And it's so important because the things that we feel like we have to hide are the things that keep us hiding, right? It's pretty much as simple as that. If we feel like we, you know, have to hide things and we are going to be found out, then the likelihood that we show up really big is pretty small. If we just put those things out there and then we see people continue to show up for us anyway, the sky is really the limit in terms of how free and able we feel to be able to continue to show up more. This is, you know, kind of like an across the board hack that I use with clients all the time, which is like share the thing that scares you. And I don't necessarily mean in this you know, share this like gaping open wound kind of way, right? Of course, that's a little bit different, but I do mean like, if you're worried about like not having the credential, can you just talk about how you don't and why you don't? Or if you're worried that people are gonna find out that you work too much or too little or whatever, like Rachel, she's worried about the credit card balance, like the actual shift always occurs in sharing it, not hiding it. You know, it's just kind of like everything we talk about with shame, right? You know, shame goes away when we bring it out into the open. And so this is exactly that. So if you're noticing that there is something in your business that you're very scared of like sharing or being found out about, guess what? Take it into your own hands. Create the narrative that feels good for you. Share it anyway. And all of that fear goes away. All of that fear of showing up just totally dissipates. It is miraculous what can happen when you do that. So really excited to see how this plays out for Rachel and really encourage you guys to look at the same in your business. So like thoughts on like going out and sharing that this week? Are you like, that feels super exciting? Are you like, I know I need to, I'm just kind of not like quite in that headspace yet or what comes up? feels exciting and a little bit scary. It's, I think I can, I know I can do it. Um, but it'll probably be one of those things where I write, write the post and post it and then run away from my computer for a while. (laughs) Hell yeah. That's great to do, right? Like get away from that fucking computer. Like let it, let it go. But yeah, I think that you're kind of really hitting on something here, right? Which is like the more that you can be you, that you can share you, that you can share your story, the more you're kind of transmuting this idea that like there's something wrong with that or that that will upset people or that you can't do that because people will feel X, Y, Z way. So it's like what you're kind of doing with this is like 
building evidence for yourself that like it's safe to share as you. It's safe to be you. It's safe to not caretake everyone, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so it doesn't mean it's not going to feel like you're going to puke right. <laughs> when you post it, Yeah, right? But when the evidence comes in that people are like, I needed to hear that and whatever, and it's fine and like, you know, nobody's like, that upset me so much I cried for five days or whatever, <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, good. Yeah, that was kind of fine. And like, that's like sort of the whole game we're playing. Like mindset kind of runs in parallel lines, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. One line is like, you take the action and then that pulls the mindset line forward sometimes. Or sometimes it's like you dive way into the mindset work and it pulls the action line forward. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like this is kind of like take the action, the mindset catches up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Does that feel true? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's – I feel like even on this call, we've done some of the mindset work around it enough to get me to take the action and then (laughs) then the rest will catch up, you know, afterwards. So. Totally. So it's almost like, like, I almost want you to think of this, you know, next week or whatever as kind of like a purge. (laughs) Right. So it's kind of like, let me tell them that I don't have credentials. Let me tell them that I have credit card debt. Let me just like tell them that I don't wear makeup every day. Right. Yeah. I like that idea of, of it being almost like a purge. It's like confession Mm -hmm. week. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then you have nothing to hide, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then the doors like kind of fly wide open because you're like, oh, well, they know all this and I still am getting calls. They know all this and actually they're reaching out more like interesting, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. So good. You're like, yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know it'll feel really, I know it'll feel freeing to get it out there and, you know, off my chest. Cause I do think that's also sort of been this like thing kind of, you know, part of the wall <laughs> is, is that is like, I don't want to have to show up as somebody perfect because I'm not a perfect person. And, mm-hmm. and I, and it's been really important to me to be able to be authentic in this business. Um, because I want to build a business where I can truly be myself and show mm-hmm. up as myself for my clients. So it's funny because something you had mentioned in your questionnaire, right, was like putting some life back into your email list mm-hmm. and Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> I think this will do it. <laughs> so this might do that. Yeah. This should probably take care of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> um, But you could kind of even like, how do I want to say it? Like, yeah, like almost consider this like, yeah, like confession week or whatever. Like you don't have to call it that, but you know, where you're like, this is what I'm talking about on my live stream. This is what I'm going to talk about on my stories. This is what I'm going to share in my email list. Like could, you know, if all of the content was sort of centered around that and it was almost like your big like, hey, I'm back. Mm-hmm. Here's what's up. Let's roll. Does that feel pretty good or what comes up for you? No, that feels good. And and that that actually feels it's funny because I, I think I was also sort of like, well, if I go live again, it's going to be so random if I'm just like, here are five tips to help save money. Mm-hmm. After not showing up for so long, I feel like I, I have to say something right about it. Like, <laughs> right. like oh, where have you been? <laughs> like, oh, nowhere. Let me tell you how to save some money. You know? Just hanging yeah. out. Here are some tips. Right. Yeah. So, so it gives – it gives a good um, entryway to back into showing up live. Yeah, totally. I love that because it kind of like lets you provide context, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. I love that. So in terms of stories, do you feel like this is part of that as well? Or would it be helpful if we kind of decided like, well, what are we saying on stories? Or maybe you just don't have to do stories this week if you're putting out all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like what pops up for you there? Um. It might be helpful to have a plan for stories since that is such a shorter, like, it's like short sound bites, you know? So I feel like if I'm dropping sort of heavy, heavy content, at least heavy for me, it's probably not heavy for the audience, but heavy content for me, it's like, how do I then share that in a, on the stories platform where it's a little more bite-sized? So here's what I think would be awesome, and you tell me what feels good here, but like if you could almost use stories to tease the other posts and lives that you're going to do. Okay. So if you could do a story being like, you guys, I am back, but I've really been like 
not showing up because there's been something that I've been feeling weird about and I'm just going to fully share it. I think it's going to serve you so much. I think you guys are going to get so much out of it because of XYZ reason. Join me on my Facebook group on Friday at this time and I'm going to go live. I like that. Yeah. And that's really nice too because then the people that are really interested and engaged Mm -hmm. are going to be like, no brainer. Like, let me go jump on this live stream kind of thing. Yeah. And then from the live stream, eventually like, you know, if you wanted to, you could pull little bits of that to put on stories mm-hmm. after, but you kind of don't feel like you have to explain yourself on stories. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. That feels really good because I feel like it's, it is hard to, <laughs> to do something like that on stories where people, you know, might watch like a minute or 10 seconds <laughs> you know, of it. So, yeah. so yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. And that could even be something you get in the habit of. Like I know we had talked about like you doing kind of like one little thing each day, but like maybe three days a week, you're just like getting people excited about what you're doing the live stream on. Yeah, I like that. You know, so that it doesn't feel like, oh man, what am I going to say here? And then I also have to say it there and whatever. You're kind of making it really simple for yourself in the sense of like, mostly I'm getting you guys excited to come to the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that feels really good. And that feels so much easier than like, okay, well, I have to also do, you know, five minutes of stories every day. And at least this is it makes more sense to me to use it as a promo, you know, and as a teaser to push people to the group, because I do want people to join me in the group. So yeah, I think I think the group is really smart for you because I think people are way more likely to engage on a money discussion in a closed group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Versus like on an Instagram comment that like, you know, anyone can see that they made sort of thing. Does that feel true? Yeah, that definitely feels true. I've, I've noticed people will share more on posts in the Facebook group and the comments Mm -hmm. I tend to get on Instagram are, are usually like, oh, this was so helpful. You know, <laughs> they're very, totally. you know, that sort of feedback. So, yeah. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, that's just helpful to see because like you could easily make that wrong. Like, oh my gosh, why don't I get XYZ level of engagement on Instagram? And it's like, of course you don't. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. nobody wants to be like, hey, I have 20K on my credit card. It's stressing me out. Like, you know what I mean? Right, right. So it's almost like you're using Instagram to like give the great tips and like create the excitement so that they go to the other place for the like deeper knowledge, deeper learning, deeper engagement. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And when you can see both as like serving a different purpose, I think it's a lot easier for you to show up too. It is. You know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you're like, well, my Facebook group is where we dive deep. It's where I do longer live streams. It's where they can – ask deeper questions. My Instagram is where I, you know, keep it high level. I just show some behind the scenes. I give quick tips and I tell them to get in the Facebook group. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that does – it makes it just feel a lot better and feel so much easier to have that clarity on on each platform. So quick little tip here at the end is just that idea of knowing what each of your platforms is for. I see people get really tripped up with this a lot. They're like, well, I have the Instagram, but I have this group, but I have this thing. And it feels like they don't know where to share what and like how they fit together. And so what I always do is help clients assign platforms different purposes. So for example, like if the group is more for detail and intense conversations and questions they wouldn't ask publicly, Instagram is more for like behind the scenes of life and some quick tips, then it becomes really clear how to operate in both, but it also becomes really clear how to send clients or potential clients to either. So, you know, when you're giving the quick tip, you can say, but if you want more depth and detail, like you got to be in the group or if you're in the group and you're like, but I really want you to see some of the behind the scenes of what this looks like for me in my life. You got to be on Instagram or whatever that is. It helps you push people to be with you on both platforms and can consume from you in a way that like totally makes sense to them. For me, it's like, you know, if you want to hear me live coaching, you're going to be listening to literally, you know, if you want those in-depth trainings, you're going to be in my group. Like, you know, if you want those click client lessons, you're going to be on Instagram. Like, I really want that to feel super clear for people. And I don't want it to overlap so much that it feels like, well, where should I follow you and why? 
it also makes it really, really easy for me to show up because I'm not like, well, where does this piece of content go and is this appropriate here? And I'm not overthinking all of these things, right? So really big tip is know the purpose of each of your platforms and then how they connect and how you can use those different purposes to get people to join you across the board on those multiple platforms. So look into that in your own business. Make sure you're really clear on that. I promise it will make things a lot simple and a lot easier. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So here's what I want you to do. Obviously, you're going to, you know, start sharing this. Well, it's Friday, so next mm-hmm. week. But just reach out to me as much as you need to. Like if you're feeling like, oh, man, this is like really stretching an edge for me or like I'm like wanting to share this today, but it's like not feeling good or whatever, like this is the stuff you reach out okay. for support with B- Oh my God, for support in base camp with, I can get that out. <laughs> you know, and if you want me to look at any of the posts or anything like that, like, you know, we're like decided that this is what you're sharing. So it's basically like whatever support you need to get you there, I'm here for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. I know I'll need it. <laughs> you're so welcome. I'm so proud of you for leading into this. And like, here's the great news. Like it's already recorded for a podcast. So it's already out I there know, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of like, you just like already ripped the bandaid off today. I know. I feel like I really did. So it feels good. And I know I'll, I will run my posts by you though, because I know I'll just want that second pair of eyes. So thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for always diving into this stuff because I think it's so valuable. Yes, me too. Beautiful. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk yes, to you soon. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.